It's a 2023-2024 Golden State Warriors season preview next on The Dime. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh and Quab, your go-to NBA podcast. Subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify, and be sure to hit up the YouTube channel for video content. And now your hosts, Josh and Quab. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Dime. Today, we are doing a preview of the Golden State Warriors, and who better to do a preview with us than a producer for NBC Sports. You can see her as a co-host on Brother From Another. Everybody, please welcome to the show for the second time. It is Nat. Nat. Aw, thank you. What a warm welcome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, It's a beautiful thing. Congratulations on all your success. I think the first time you were on The Dime, you weren't producing on NBC Sports. I was not. You, I just had my it. little humble podcast. A lot has changed in a year. You, you got a lot of things going on. Uh, congratulations on success. You are a huge voice on Warriors Twitter. I see you everywhere, everywhere. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I figured if I'm going to do a Golden State Warriors preview, I got to get you on the show. So what, what better way to do that than to set some polls on our show's Twitter page and go pole dancing. You know you want it. It's time to go pole dancing. Get your mind out the gutter. We're talking about Twitter polls. My goodness. It's time we go pole dancing. I put up three polls on our Twitter account at the Dime NBA, and our followers and straight Twitter followers responded to the polls. Nat, you had a problem with one of these questions. Get into that first one. I had a problem. The first with question. Two of them, but I only responded about one. <laughs> All right, so let's get into poll question number one. Is the Warriors dynasty officially over? Now, there were two options. The first one was yes, they had their time. The second one was no, one more in them. And no, one more in them won with 72.3% of the vote. People don't think that the Warrior dynasty is over. However, Nat, (laughs) I would like for you to express your beef with the answers to this question. Sure. Well, I mean, the people got it right. That was the better of the two answers, but it was an imperfect <laughs> answer because yeah. it, in, it it suggests and indicates that there's only one more, and I don't know why. Um, people mm, have been mm. trying to end the Warriors dynasty um, since Kevin Durant left. I don't know why yeah. because they won 73 without him, and they won one before him. So that should have always haters, been, it's haters. been clear <laughs> that you know they could do it without him, but whatever. Yeah. Then, you know, I get it. They had some injuries, but then they came back and people were just like, oh, it's over. It's done. They come <laughs> back. They win. So, you know, I just feel like it's a, I get the, the, the getting older and I get all of that stuff. So that's yeah. just natural. That's evolution. But where, where, where do you guys have Steph Curry ranked in the league? Let me ask that question. Where do you rank oh, in the league? In the league? In yeah. the league? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so top he's five? Probably... Top three? Hell yeah. Top three. Hell yeah. 1,000%. So a top uh, three player it's... in the league, then you have a chance yeah. to win. And and that's the way that I look okay. at it. And until Steph Curry is no longer in that category of conversation, then the Warriors have a chance to, to keep winning. And that's that's as yeah. simple as that for me. So I And he doesn't look like he's slowing down soon. It would be one thing if we started to see the signs. He actually looks like he's getting better, you know, um, as he ages. And there's some things that have changed, but there are some things that have gotten better. So, But, I mean, yeah. he's still in his – his prime, even if it's the back end of his prime. So if we see the signs this year, then maybe I'll be prepared to say, like, I don't know if they got any more. But yeah. as long as he is still there, I think they're getting at least one more. So I do believe okay. that. Okay. But I think they can still win a couple more, to be honest. 
Do you think that most of the concerns have to do with Clay and maybe Draymond uh, on the back end of their careers, along with the fact that you know they kind of committed to like I wouldn't say a young core, but younger players, and that didn't work out too well. So you know, on the backside, it's like you might have your core there, but you don't have like the ancillary pieces like you used to have. I think that some of the noise is from haters. I think <laughs> I think some of the noise is valid. And I think mm-hmm. some of it's from people who don't actually understand the Warriors. So okay. um, I think it's a mix of things. Last year wasn't really a shock to many Warriors fans because um, in terms of the, the two timelines and the young guys not working out because a lot of us saw that. You know, so it it wasn't a shock to us that it didn't work out. And if you know Steve Kerr and you know how he is in terms of playing young guys and the way that they like to play, none of it was really shocking. So um, it's unfortunate the way that it went. I also think people overlook a lot of things. Um, So I get it that they had an awful road record. It reminds me, I always compare it to the year um, when Steph got the three-point record. And um, that season, it was the worst shooting career of his um, average, of his career, right? For anyone else, for Dame Lillard, for anyone else, it's a top shooting season. But for Steph, (laughs) because it's under 40%, and it's like 37, oh, he's in decline. (laughs) And, you know, and I just was like, okay. And... um, you know, people looked really silly after that. And like, I was just like, until Stefan comes back and has a second year like this, um, which really was just a, a, an extended slump because the percentage started to pick up back by the end of the season and was fine by the postseason, and they won yeah. a championship. But I'm like, I don't, I'm not one of those people because a player gets injured, because something happens for a year, that I'm like, they're in decline. Like, if you have a large okay. body of work, then that's an anomaly to me until it's proven differently. So the road record to me, it was a confluence of a lot of things. And if you were listening to Golden Spaces, um, we talked about it and explained it, you know? But it doesn't matter, because when people hear that, they just feel like you're making excuses, but we're not. Right. But there's a variety of things that were happening. First of all, the, the core missed a combined 80 plus games <laughs> uh, for the season, okay? So, yeah. you know, um, and then people are like, well, no, but they were losing in the beginning, or they fired in the beginning. Well, yeah, but that's when they were still experimenting with James Wiseman, and that didn't work out well, and then they went away from that lineup. Yeah. So there were there were a lot of things that were happening. You had, like, you know, there would be injuries, then they get back, and then now we lose Andrew Wiggins, and then Steph was out part of the season. Then Clay started the season not in shape, not in condition, so they had to lessen his minutes. So there were, there were a lot of things. So... You had that going on, and then you had this thing going on with, like, Jordan Poole in the second timeline. So it was subtle things, but those things made a big difference. And so it was just like a, 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 a combination of things. But when you don't have your main guys on the road, then, yeah, your team is probably not going to perform as well. Yeah. And so, like, 
you need your stars on the road, you know, at home, the reason they could still keep winning is because if you're good enough and you have like your, your home court, you can get by, but they didn't have their stars for a large chunk of, of the road season. So I just think there was a combination of factors, but I think people are eager for the Warriors to be over. I think people are eager for their demise. And so like rationale just could not prevail. Doesn't matter. I need chink in the armor. Season, just... It's over with. Yeah. So we, we move on. But I don't I don't expect to see another road record like that. So it's gotcha. like yeah. that's three point record. It's a it's an anomaly. It was yeah, and it is an anomaly because it's like what does this championship team have to prove like that they can win on the road? Oh, They've won championships on the road. <laughs> like right. Yeah. Like, let's just have a little common people. sense, people. Do you think they just <laughs> forgot after all the years of winning on the road how to win? Yeah. There was something yeah. else going on there. Yeah, I was sure. very long-winded. I'll try to keep it. No, it's okay. No, I, I, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. It also <laughs> proves that, you know, last year was probably like a transitional year for them. Um, and that yeah. brings me to the second poll question, number two. Will the Warriors regret trading Jordan Poole? 32% said yes, he's a star, but 679 said no, he didn't fit the team. Nat, where are you on this? Yeah, so this is the other question. It's, this wasn't like a bad question, but I think it's sort of like – I think eventually they will. I don't think immediately in the near future, mm. right? Like, I think I think for this iteration of the Warriors when you still have Steph, Clay, and Dre, no, because, like, Jordan doesn't fit with that timeline. Right. But yeah. <laughs> when it's time to move on from them and Jordan it has become, like, a bona fide all-star in the league or whatever he will be, you know, if – they didn't nail it or they don't get things right, it can start to look bleak. And then you're like, damn, why did we change, you know, trade Jordan Poole? Um, you know, and I, I don't personally think that the Warriors, you know, the Warriors fans are very divided on Jordan Poole. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, I remember when Kevin Durant was here, people would say, oh, damn, Warriors fans are messed up. Like how y'all treat Kevin Durant, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And whatever yeah like we didn't love we didn't show not everyone so but many people did not show kevin durant love like you know the core three um but a lot of that was about the media and the way they tried to kind of pit katie and steph against one another but it was also because he wasn't homegrown he wasn't ours and Yes, he's yeah. Kevin Durant and he's a great star, but he still was a free agent and he signed with the team. And it doesn't mean you can't become beloved, but that's going to take time. You're not going to get that same amount of love right away that um, the core would get the team that brought a championship after decades. Um, you know, you're just not going to get that. So that's why that existed. But Jordan was homegrown. He was developed. He was. We, we watched him go through the struggles. We watched him come up. We watched him help them win a championship. And so to me, it was really disheartening how certain fans treated him and how the organization yeah. treated him. I don't think that they put him in the best position to succeed because I often laugh at people. They'll be like, oh, he wanted to start. Well, yeah, he wanted to start. Like Everybody wants to start. That's <laughs> natural. And like yeah. also... What Jordan's, you know, what Poole's issue is is sort of like, all right, you, I'm not starting, but you have me out here with a bunch of guys who can't play with me. You know what I mean? Mm. Because what Jordan Poole tried to do is 
he was running the second unit as though like he was playing with the first unit, meaning trying to play fast. Like Jordan is Steph-like, but he's not Steph, right? And he's not that level of player and he's still young and he's still growing, right? If you put Clay Thompson in that second unit, he wouldn't look good either, right? Like if you put a lot of players in that second unit, they wouldn't look good. You have to complement them with the right skill set of players around them. And they didn't do that. So that doesn't mean that Jordan didn't have to work on his defense. It doesn't mean that there were not things he needed to do to be better. And even when he was inserted into the to the starting lineup, even though they were very good, they weren't as good as if Clay was in there or someone else. But they were still one of the top lineups in the league if you put Jordan Poole in there. And so I, I think it was a little unfair to him. And I think it's unfair in general, whether it's Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moody. Yeah. I think it's unfair to pick any lottery pick, to pick any young guy, and then try to say that they should just be patient and wait until these guys are over. Because basketball players, NBA players, have a very finite career. They have a very small window. You don't think Jonathan Kaminga sees his peers and they're getting ready for those extensions? What has he done to earn that? He won't get that kind of extension if he doesn't get playing time and he doesn't get to play. So it's an unusual circumstance because you don't typically draft those players to a team like the Warriors. But because they had two years of injuries, they got lotto picks, but they just didn't have a proper development and integration plan for them. So I feel for those guys. And I'm, I, I really hate that Jordan is gone, but I, I do think for him to, to reach his full potential, I don't think it could be with the Warriors. I'm just not sure if the Wizards are the right team, but we'll see. All right. Let's move on to question number three is, is Steve Kerr's coaching style getting stale? Oh, God, it's been Coming stale. in at 32.9%, it's yes, time to move on. At 67.1%, it says no, he's yeah, a goat. <laughs> Yeah, Nat, I've seen you criticize Steve Kerr all playoffs long. All the time. Uh, I think I know where you stand All the time. I've been criticizing Steve um, Kerr since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> it's not new. So where do you stand with this? I mean, obviously, he's won championships with the team. He has a relationship with the core. So you don't really want to move on from him, do you? Or what is it? What is your solution here with Steve Kerr? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Are there like subtle changes you you wish he would do during games and you can't you know, get probably rid of him, make it better? Or can you get rid of him? I don't think you can, you get, can rid get rid of him. Rid of him? Will they get rid of him? Is a different question. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and should they get rid of him is another question. And and, and right. probably the answer to that is no. But um, okay, I think Steve Kerr is <laughs> is a good coach. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Maybe. He's above Maybe. average. I don't You're think he's great. You're setting us up here. You're setting <laughs> yeah, us up. Just, yeah. I don't think he's <laughs> very good. Okay. I think he's a good coach who was blessed with Stephen Curry. That's what gotcha. I think. Like, you know, people always try to be like, what coach doesn't need talent to win? For sure. I get that. I get yeah. that. But what Spolster just did with Miami, Steve Kerr could never yeah. pull that off. He could never do okay. that. Okay? okay. That to me is a great coach is what I'm saying. Right. Steve Kerr can't do that. He needs to have maximum talent. And there is something to be said that like having all that talent together and still knowing what to do with them, right? There is something to be said about understanding that the system you implemented 
which I want to clarify was not for Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry doesn't need a system. He is the system. So let's just be clear. That system was for the others. It was for the others. Understanding that you could use Steph's gravity and his threat of shooting to lift the team was a was a much better offensive plan than Mark Jackson had. So I'm not saying that right. he didn't come in and improve anything. But yes, like, have they become more predictable? Yes. Are other teams out there calling out their sets and knowing what they're going to do? Yes. He's, he's very rigid. He doesn't like to adjust, like, in-game while something's happening. They have to lose, and it's like, oh, then maybe yeah. he'll go back and make an adjustment. He just did an interview. I think what he said was total bullshit when he says, like, we got too predictable because we were running too many fucking pick and rolls. He didn't curse. I'm sorry. Excuse my Yeah, I, I, I apologize. Yeah. Like, first of all, <laughs> that wasn't even happening. So, like, please cut the crap. And, and he went away from the roll. He went away from exactly. Me. Like he's exactly, so foolish. Yeah. He has like he has this thing with pick and rolls, and he's so like yeah. he's like I don't think we'd be very good if we ran stuff pick and rolls all night. Have you looked at the data? By the it way, works. no one is saying that you should do that. No one is saying <laughs> right. that you should do that. But like his just hatred for it and playing a certain style. Um, it it it's to me there are times that the warriors win in spite of him not because of him and gotcha. the way that we are as a society is we're very results based so the result is good and so people don't look at the process but i am a lawyer by training so like i look at the process regardless like i don't care that the outcome's good i'm still looking to see what can be better and if there were breakdowns yeah. and if there were flaws and so um, you know, he's not going anywhere, but do I think that some of his stuff is like outdated? Yes. Um, I don't have a lot of faith for it changing, but, and hope, but we'll see. All right. Well, there we go. That's going to end pole dancing. Uh, let's move on to the season preview. Now, the big move that the Warriors made was acquiring Chris Paul from the Suns, which confused a lot of people. I know a lot of people are on board with it. I know some people just don't think it makes any sense basketball-wise. Then you have Steve Kerr, who you just mentioned, doesn't really want to change things up, and I think you need to if you have Chris Paul. So I want to know, like, from your perspective, A, is this a good move? And B, if it is, how is this going to work? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Big> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean... To be determined on whether it's a good move. Yeah. Is it is it a fair. move that makes them better? Theoretically, yes. Um, look, the biggest thing for this working is Chris Paul accepting that he has to come off the bench. Right? Oh, okay. And so it's like it's 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 only news to Chris Paul that the expectation was for him to come <laughs> off the bench. Like that is the expectation. If you cover the Warriors, Warriors media knew that, the fans knew yeah. it. That is the expectation. Um, obviously, he's kind of expressed that, I mean, he didn't say, I don't want to do it, but I'm pretty sure that it was clear from his reaction to Kendra at Andrew's yeah. question that that's not something that he wants to do. So I think a lot of this um, complimenting and praising him that we've been seeing in the media Right. It's very similar to when all of a sudden in Kevin Durant's contract year, you started hearing the Warriors just constantly saying Kevin Durant's the best player in the league. They were not saying that constantly. And then all of a sudden, yeah. whether you believed it or not, I'm just saying it wasn't 
but it sort of became the party line. So this uh, Chris Paul is this, and you know he's gonna like all of this like stroking of his ego and saying how important and great he is. I think a lot of that is about um, trying to butter him up to get him to buy into his role, you know? Like, it's going to be, you know, Andre Iguodala 2.0. And um, in a different way, they're going to do different things for the team. But I I think people people keep saying the Warriors have to play differently. That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, Um, it's not at all. But they don't really have to play that drastically differently. Um, Because if people think back to the years when Sean... Livingston was running that second unit. That second unit didn't play like the first unit. The second unit, like they ran more sets. It was a more traditional style. He was a point guard. He set up people. Um, I wouldn't say that Sean was as like ball dominant as Chris Paul, but he did like, you know, he set up people. He got them into position. He's a more traditional point guard. that's what that second unit needs. It doesn't need to be run like the first unit. That 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 works because of Steph. And yeah. so it, it shouldn't be run like that. And if you think about having a Chris Paul out there and with some of the other, you know, um, changes that they made to the roster, like you can easily see Chris Paul setting up Jonathan Kaminga, right? Like baskets are going to come a lot more easier for him like yes obviously Moses Moody is a very high IQ um intelligent player so he's gonna definitely be able to play with Chris Paul it's just gonna do so much for that second unit which is why he's so needed the Warriors biggest issue their biggest issue even when Kevin Durant was there in the entire run of the Warriors winning was the second unit it was what do we do in the non-Steph minutes that's why they yeah. would stagger, right? They would always stagger. They tried Kevin Durant in that second unit. They tried Clay in that second unit. They put Dre in there. Sometimes they even had Steph in there, right? It was always something. Um, like, it was always the non-Steph minutes. The Warriors haven't been winning the non-Steph minutes even in the year. And not just not yeah. winning them, because that's not the craziest thing for a bench unit not to, like, win, but like it would be a big drop off, a huge drop off from yeah. Steph to them. And that's not what's supposed to happen. And so, um, yeah, he's going to help. He's going to help. And in the in the times when he will will start, not even when he will start, but in the times when he will play with the starting unit, right? Which and if you know Steve Kerr, it's likely to close. So it doesn't matter if you're not starting. It's about, are you on the floor in those closing minutes? When they decide to go small, which is we all know when the Warriors are ready to go for the kill, they go small, right? So it would be a, a, a smaller lineup with Chris Paul at the one. But I'm just saying when they decide to do that, it's going to be now a much more interesting dynamic because <clears throat> yes, Draymond was a ball handler out there but Draymond Green is not Chris Paul. So you now have Draymond Green out there, you have Chris Paul out there, and you have Steph and Clay out there. Run, like, they're going to yeah. be super crazy, crazy lethal. It, it's going yeah. to give teams hell. But you can't yeah. run that all game. You can't run that for a lot of minutes. You can't even run that, like, most of the season if you're trying to actually get Chris Paul to the postseason. No, you're right. And especially Chris Paul in the split action. I can't see him like <laughs> running that type of offense either. So Steve Kerr is going to have to make some type of adjustment or some type of um, 
I don't compromise, I guess, with, with his style of play or strategy. Um, like you said, I mean, the whole pick and roll thing is, is insane. That the fact that he thought that he had to go away from that is, is wild to me. Um, I assume more Chris Paul pick and roll. <laughs> yeah, that would have to be, yeah. That would, I mean, he'll be, be able to pick and roll that second unit to death, you know? And yeah. I don't really think that... To, to me, it's not a modification because it's like what the second unit needs to do. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> Steph and, and Clay know how to play off ball. If anybody's going to have the biggest adjustment with Chris Paul, it's going to be Draymond, you know, mm. because if you're taking yeah. the ball out of Dre's hands to put it in, in Clay's hand, I mean, in um, Chris Paul's hands, I'm talking about like sometimes when they close. And the yeah. Dre Steph pick and roll, high pick and roll, has is one of the most lethal things in the league. Like no one's figured out how to guard that. So now, but you just add like another layer to it. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to to watch and see. But um, the biggest adjustment is Chris Paul. Like it's his attitude and it's his ego, and it's accepting what he needs to be for this team to win. So that, that's why I said it's to be determined because honestly, to me, it all hinges on him. I mean, in theory, they could trade him come the trade deadline if he's not buying in, but then who's available at that time? Who do you get at that time, right? So to right. me, a lot really hinges on him buying in. If Chris Paul buys in, and then of course the big if that's always there, health. And that that's right. not just for Chris Paul, that's for Everybody. an aging warrior's yeah. core. But if their health sustains and you get Chris Paul to buy in, then yes, I think that this is a championship team. I think that they can win it all. I think that, I definitely think they're gonna be, barring injury, one of the top teams in the league next year, not just in the West, but in the league. What are your expectations next season for uh, Clay Thompson? Cause he kind of had an up and down year. Like you said before, he, was, he wasn't in shape cause he didn't want to work out because of a previous injury. But since he's been, what is it now, two years removed from the devastating injury, how do you expect him to play this coming season? Yeah, you know, it was interesting with Clay last year because it was really more of a mental barrier last season because he had already come back. But it was more like he wasn't comfortable doing, like, open runs and certain workouts in the summer. And, like, he didn't mentally, he, you know, didn't trust his body yet. And so he didn't do the things that he needed to in the off season to get himself together. So it appears that he's over that mental hurdle and he is, you know, working out and doing what he needs to do. So I expect him to be ready come the beginning of the season. So like Clay had really good stretches this year. I mean, I, I think one of the things that we learned about Clay and so I expect to continue is that he probably won't be able to do back-to-back -back still and probably shouldn't his most effective games and shooting came when he had time in between games right and so the more recovery he had the better you saw right and obviously if his body's in better shape that's going to be good for them but um i think you're going to see a really strong season from clay clay is still an exceptional shooter you know and i think like i think the slow start had more to do with how he was and his conditioning than it had to do with any real skill and ability loss with respect to his shooting. Um, defensively, like, no, I don't think you can put Clay on like the faster guards anymore, you know, but that's why Andrew Wiggins is there, you know, so, but he's still a solid defender if he needs to be. And so, um, 
you know, I like I, I expect Clay to have a very good season. I know he's trying to get back to be like an all star and trying to be, uh, yeah. uh, you know, make a defensive team. I don't see one of those things happening just because you had the emergence of guys like Darren Fox, and he's probably definitely this year after coming off the Kings winning, he's probably going to have like an all star spot this year. There wouldn't be like any oh we don't know. You have Aunt Edwards. You just have there's just too many guards ready in the West. So I just think it's going to be really hard for a Clay to make that. The Warriors would have to probably be like the best team in the NBA, have like a really crazy record. That's the only way you're getting like multiple all-stars to begin with. So um, I don't even know if anyone besides Steph will be an all-star again next year. What are your thoughts of Kaminga? It seems like he's been frustrated, you know, his whole time. As a warrior, obviously, you said this in the beginning of the pod where it's, you're a young guy and you know you want that contract extension and you want to show what you can prove. Um, and he's kind of had inconsistent playing time with Steve Kerr. What do you think his role is going to be this year? Do you think Steve's going to finally trust him? Yes. I mean, he doesn't have any choice not to, right? I mean, they're still mm. sort of thin um, in the front court, like their front court depth. I think this the Dario signing is going to help coming out a lot, actually. I think Dario on last year's team would have helped Jordan Poole a lot <laughs> um, yeah. due to his like skill set. He would help space the floor. He can pass. <laughs> um, you know, he's going to be sort of like what a stretch big for them. So it, I, I think that it will help Kaminga a lot. You know, it'll give him space. So there should be between him, like between him getting space, and then also with Chris Paul out there, he should have wide open lanes to the rim <laughs> yeah. to just get yeah. dunks. And then he doesn't have to worry about developing a shot yet. You know, I don't know that he can really be an actual three yet, right? I think that's still to be determined. Look, we've yeah. been seeing shots of him working out all season. He wants to shoot the three. I think Kerr has to give him a little latitude if they're wide open to build his confidence, that's something that Steve Kerr really struggles to do. So I don't yeah. know if that will happen, but I think it needs to happen. Justin, the other host of Golden Spaces, we talked about this, but you know, Justin was saying like, you know, if he even becomes like a 34, 35% three point shooter, that is like huge, but he doesn't really need to be with Dario out there. And you, you, you still have Chris Paul, so. I think it's going to, I think, look, they didn't even sign anyone else that should really interfere with his minutes. So I think it's time and I think you have to. So I think that's the plan. Jonathan Kaminga, though, he has to, and look, I get his frustration, but he has to also do the things that they need him to do. You know, he needs to rebound. He needs to play defense. He needs defense, to do certain yeah. things. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a give and take, but I expect to see a lot from Kaminga this year. I know you mentioned uh, Dario, but um, is there any other uh, player or new sign-in, actually, that you think might help impact winning this year? I know you guys Maybe even the rookies. The rookies or, and what, Corey Joseph also. I think Trace would, is probably going to get some playing time. He looked really good in Summer League. I get it that it's Summer League. Really good rebounder. Um, he's good on the roll. You know, just little things that you saw from him. So I think you will see him, and I think okay. he can help them. And remember, the Warriors still have two empty roster spots right now. They're going to sign a 15th guy, not until maybe letting the season play out. 
But I do think they're going to fill that 14th roster spot. So it's to be determined. I know they they have a two-way player, Lester. Actually, they're probably going to keep Lester on a two-way. Lester Quinones. Probably yeah. not pronouncing that completely correctly. No, you got it. I got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. He looked like he looked like Jordan Poole during uh during yeah. summer league. My ex boyfriend was Puerto Rican and he used to like give me hey. a towel for like <laughs> <laughs> my man Josh was like, Yes. <laughs> I couldn't like roll the the R's and I'm like, like killing me, you know? So I always get so I always feel like I'm still hearing him grading me. Nah, you got it. Very good you got it correct. Yeah. It's not like that, but he just wanted to teach me. So it's like I every time I'm saying there, I'm like, please. Lester was really good, but I think they're going to keep him on a two-way. So, I mean, he would have to super impress because it just makes sense for them. Like, even if they decide he's so good and they want to sign him, it just makes sense to do it later. Makes sense for them financially, not for Lester, obviously. But um, I still think the Warriors need a big, they need another big. So I don't know if they're going to sign one. But um, we'll see. Is there one out? Is there one out there you're thinking about that you think they they should they should get? No, and I'm not the person not. for that. I don't know anything about <laughs> styling, styling. I Appreciate the honesty. You know, That's people dope. be telling me all these names. I'm like, all right. You know, I mean, like there are players like when they come up. Like I knew like Dario would be good for the team. You know, right. but right. It's it's hard to say, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about Corey Joseph. I did like that pickup. I thought that was a solid like that pickup for them as well. Um, I think it's clear that they leaned into like veterans and you know yeah. having more mature players, and uh. I think that's what you need. Guys who just know their role, though Chris Paul doesn't seem to know his, but guys <laughs> who just know their role and want to like help win and you know that kind of a thing. So. Um, I'll be curious to see what they do with that 14th spot. I know I wouldn't be surprised if they're not looking at like a Rudy Gay. He's not a big, big, but I don't particularly like the Rudy Gay idea, but he has been linked to the Warriors in the past. And I see some Warriors fans sort of like, oh, Rudy Gay. So I wouldn't be surprised if they reached out to him, made a call. I think they're going to see what they get you know, in training camp and make a decision from there. But I'm not sure who the 14th person would be, but I, I, I wouldn't mind it being a big. All right. So now you said earlier in the show that you wouldn't be surprised if they won the championship this year going into the season. Um, let me get your expectations and your predictions. I think they're two different things. I mean, obviously, you're in an era right now as a Warrior fan where you're expecting a championship. So I feel like that's a stupid question. <laughs> I guess I would rather no, it's want not. your prediction. It's not. No? I, you know, okay. I think anyone who knows me and Josh, you've listened to me before, so you know how I am. Yeah. I think this is the first season in a while. I'm not going into this saying like it's the Warriors. Like, okay. I'm not saying that they won't win it, but I just, I need to see, um, I need to really more see what these other teams are going to look like. It's not so okay. much about the Warriors, but um, because some of these teams are so new and I don't know what they're going to look like, like I'm not one of those people who was like, oh my gosh, the Bucks and da da da. So, like, I'm not like one of those people. But as far as like when I just look at the East, right? Like, I think the Warriors can beat the Bucks. I definitely think they can beat the Celtics again. Um, right. I think that 
I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not giving the Heat that respect, even though they just got there. But I don't. Yeah, you, you tell them that. <laughs> you tell them that. Like, unless Screw they the do. Even if they add Dame, I'm still not scared of them. But well, if they add I mean, Dame, it might be a little different. Yeah. Who are the top yeah. teams in the East, you would say? You just named them. I mean, it's, it's honestly, just, it's Milwaukee and Boston, Boston and then maybe Miami. Yeah, because, I mean, maybe, no one's really Miami. taking the yeah. Sixers seriously, right? And so, right. yeah, so, I mean, so I look at out East, nobody out there really um, scares me. West is just, I, I, I just don't know what some of these teams are going to look like. Like, people are high right. on the Suns, and I did think they made some nice moves on the margins, but... I still think I still think their starting five is a little wonky. Like they're saying Beal yeah. is gonna be their point guard. I would have thought it was gonna be Book. Um right. you know, it, like and, and just figure like so it's their second year together, but they still had a major addition in, in Beal. And so yeah. It's just rare for teams like that to just like come together so quickly. And I I feel like if it was just like, okay, we just added Beal, but like Kevin Durant with the rest of the Suns didn't even have the continuity yet because it was so right. short. And now you're adding Bill. So I get it. They have like a whole off season and they're gonna have a full season. So I do think they will be a very good team, but I'm I'm just not sure about them yet. New coach, too. I mean, there's a lot of unpredictability right. with that team. Right. And, like, look, but, you know, it's it's funny because he's known as, like, right, like a defensive coach. And so, yeah. you know, I think one of the most interesting theories I saw proposed about why he's really coming there is for DeAndre Ayton. And if he can get something out of Ayton, You know, it makes it sound like Aiden's a bad player, but I, I'm not. No, he's good, man. I mean, Aiden, even people make fun of him all the time. I mean, his, he's been serviceable his whole career. I think people rag on him for, you know, rightfully so sometimes, but he's he's, he's been a he's been a good player. He's been a good player. Yes, for the most but he's soft. Career. He's not what you want your center to be. <laughs> he's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not what you want your center to be. I personally had, yeah. I mean, obviously he's a head coach now again, but. I was like, man, yeah. Warriors, why the hell didn't you bring Vogel in? Because I thought losing Mike Brown, their their defense was really lacking. Um, yeah. And that's going to be something to pay attention to. So I I, um, I just don't know what the Suns are going to be. I also okay. don't know what uh, the Lakers are going to be. I know they were super excited, some of the fans, about their offseason. People were sort of gassing them up but i don't know i don't think the moves i mean to me like i think the warriors made the lakers look a lot better than right. they they are so when they got swept by denver i didn't expect them to get swept but i was pretty confident that denver was going to win that series yeah. um and so i just think it was a really bad matchup for golden state with with the lakers um, but I don't know that the Lakers are like, I still see them as maybe like a top four, five seed, maybe. I don't know. Like, I just don't know. Like when I think of the standings, I think in no particular order, the top three teams are going to be Warriors, Nuggets, and Suns, you know? Okay. And then I don't know who will fall underneath that, you know? Um, yeah. some people might say it's the Lakers. Um, 
Sacramento could take a leap. That usually happens with teams after they start to have success. I mean, they were already, I'm saying they could take a leap like they didn't finish in the top of the standings. But I yeah. think the standings were very fake last year. Um, even Denver as a number one seed, that was one of the lowest win totals for a number one seed in years. Um, yeah. They weren't even close to 60 wins. I think they were just over 50, which normally in the West is gonna put you like middle of the pack maybe. Right. So mm -hmm. last year people harped on the Warriors road record, like understandably, but like it was actually a season where like many teams had really bad road records across the league. So I just think last year was like an anomaly. So it's very hard for me to figure out like what the teams are gonna be. The Clippers are always out there as a team. It's like, I know uh, right now it's like, no one's gonna believe in the Clippers until they do it. Right. But we cannot just ignore the talent that they have on right. the team. So it's really hard for me to say. So I think that the Warriors um, will be in the mix of things. And I think they will be definitely one of the top teams. But um, I just gotta see what the rest of these teams are gonna look like. All right. Well, there you have it, Nat. Thank you for joining us here on The Dime. Let everybody know where they can find you, uh, where they can watch you, where they can hear you, all that good stuff. Oh, I'm so bad at plugging myself. And I hope I <laughs> answered your last question because it feels like I, I didn't. I hate when people aren't direct. But um, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, sure. You can find me on Twitter um, at NatFluential, the way it sounds. And um, I... Yeah, like, I mean, Josh already said it earlier. I Let him know, Nat. No, don't be shy. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so awkward. I, I am <laughs> I am on, um, I, I, I am a producer for NBC Sports. And so you will catch me on Brother From Another, which is a Peacock NBC Sports shows. Typically, once the fall comes back, Monday through Friday, 3 to 4. But we are on vacation this week. And for the summer, we're only doing Mondays, Wednesdays. Oh, thank you. And Fridays. <laughs> So I'm a producer there. I'm on air there. I do a lot for the show. So you can catch me there. You can also check out Golden Spaces Pod. It's an Odyssey original podcast. And we do cover the Warriors. So right now in the off season, about one episode a week. But typically, once the season starts up. Oh, gosh, please stop the clapping. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we... Uh, we are like basically we we do an episode after every game and you know cool. i tweet a lot i tweet a lot you do tweet so. a lot and you get a lot of engagement and it's been really cool <laughs> to see your no it's dope it's dope to see it's dope to see your rise and i i, I met you at hoop spaces yeah um and it's, it's cool to see your career grow and it, it's definitely cool to know you so congratulations on all your success thanks for hopping on the show uh, this has been another episode of The Dime. If you want to follow The Dime, you can on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Dime NBA. I'm Josh Rodriguez at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. He's Quab at Quab AKS. We'll see you next time for another episode of The Dime. Hey.